0: Let's talk about pivots and how in this moment, especially historically, we're all being asked to make them and, and how everyone's asked always in their lives to, to everyone has a moment where they have a choice. Everybody, it's me, Busy Phillips. Welcome to Busy Phillips is doing her best. Um, help me say hi to Shantira Jackson and Casey Saint Anj. Hi, hello, hi, hi. hi. Uh, so, guys, this is it. This is episode one of our podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We we don't know what we're doing. I I just feel like it's gonna be fine. I'm excited. <sighs> I love to talk. (laughs) You know that about me. Um, I feel like what happened in my ear, nose, and throat doctor's office earlier this week is sort of analogous to what's happening with the way that I feel about this podcast, which is that I've been having really bad acid reflux Mm. uh, for two months. Almost everyone I know has been having terrible like something, Something that's not COVID, but it's, like, eating away at them, <laughs> you know? <Yes>. And, <laughs> uh, and so mine has been this throat thing. It's just been so weird. And uh, so I went to see Dr. Sugarman, had to get a COVID test before I went to the office. Everybody wore masks. And, um, and he looked in my throat, and he was like, yeah, well, you know, we got to do this camera thing. Um, we got to go scope down your throat and i was like hey that's fine you know i had sinus surgery a couple years ago i've sugarman's been my doctor since i was 20 years old he i started seeing dr sugarman and uh you know he's the kind of doctor in beverly hills where like his his walls are plastered with um gold records from like christina aguilera and like (laughs) britney spears and then they need their throats Wait, I'm not even kidding you. He took, they took, the nurse took me into the special scope room and like hidden behind a corner, like truly hidden on the corner, no one could see it, was um, White Snake, like a White Snake gold <laughs> record. And I was like, oh, poor White Snake guys. <laughs> they go
1: back there. We anyway.
0: Yeah, I guess. So anyway, so I went in and they like put this numbing thing. He's like, so we do the scope up your nose and then down your throat to check out what's happening. And I was like, again, I got this. And he went up the nose. I'm like, this is a professional. And got down. He's like, now start saying, ah. He's like, ah. (laughs) And I legit like gagged so hard that I, and he, I was like, oh, no, get it. you gotta get it out. And he like pulled it, pulled it out. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. 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 I'm okay. Let's try it again. <sighs> I'm good. I can do this. I'm so good at this. I'm great at this. And he started to do it again. And the same thing happened. I had this like violent physical reaction. I could not let the camera get past a certain point. And so after the fourth time when he changed he changed the scope he went for the kids
1: signs children's
0: he got the children's (laughs) scope out and 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 he pulled it up meanwhile I you know I'm a sweater right everybody knows and not Mm -hmm. like guys not like a cozy sweater like I sweat constantly and like a
1: wet sweater
0: I'm a wet sweater Sweater, and I sweat on my I, sweater. <laughs> I sweat on my face. God help us all when I go through menopause. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be such a puddle. Anyway, back to Sugarman and the scope situation. Um, he fourth time pulls the camera out, and I'm sweating so hard. I'm a puddle. I'm on one of those like plastic chairs. There's like so much sweat under my legs. It's so gross. I know when I stand up, there's going to be two leg marks. And uh, and I just start, I started crying. And I was Aww. just like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm not good at this. I should be better at this. I don't know why. I just don't know how to do it. And I wish I knew. And I'm sorry. And I think that, I, I don't know what to tell you. And he's like, you have to breathe. You need to breathe. How could you expect To be good at having a scope stuck down past your vocal cords. Why would you be good at that? You've never had that done before in these past almost 20 years that I've seen you. We've never done this. Why would you be good at it? And it's not something that people can be good at. It's just, it just is what it is. And I just felt this like insane pressure, like that I wanted him to think I was the best patient. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to be the best at it. And when I couldn't do it, it like paralyzed me and caused me to have kind of like a panic attack and breakdown. And I was thinking about, I'm always trying to like tie in the physical with the emotional, you know? And I was thinking about like this week and we're going to record this podcast and the breakdown in Sugarman's office and my, and I'm having throat problems, like when I've like agreed to do a podcast. And I was like, oh, it's because I might not be the best at it. And if I'm not the best at it, I want to have something to say, well, you know why I wasn't the best at it? Because I had these like throat issues. And so, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have full range of my, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Anyway, all that to say, I'm putting it out there that I might not be the fucking best at this because I've never done it before. And it's new for me. And there've been a lot of new things. And no, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) cry. And I think that in life, this is kind of what we decided this podcast should be more about than what we initially had had sold it as because what we initially had sold it as doesn't exist anymore <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I just think that there's value for all of us in this moment to remember that good things can come out of forcing yourself to change and to do things differently and to be open to what that is and what it looks like and whether it's on a big level, like maybe you change long-held beliefs that you didn't even know that you fucking had, or if it's on a small level, like being an actress that then became a talk show host that wrote a book that decided to do a podcast. I mean, that's all like kind of basically the same fucking thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> Or, you know, or if it's that you've been furloughed from your job and you've found yourself making beaded necklaces and you're really finding a lot of joy in that and selling them on Etsy. I don't know what it is. I just think that we need to all have the ability to breathe deep in this moment and forgive ourselves for not being perfect right out the gate is that a good introduction?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's a good introduction for you. Thanks. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, yeah, we just wanted to come on here and talk to people about what was happening in our lives. Maybe it's interesting because everybody's having that moment right now where we all, you know, thought we knew, mostly where we were headed five, six months ago. And, you know, things have changed for a lot of people. Yeah, Um, we all had
2: plans. (laughs) And I think that um, if we talk about it, I think it's important because a lot of people feel really alone just before all this happened. And I think that... This is a really good opportunity for us to um, acknowledge that we're all changing all the time. And then that's okay, especially if you had no idea. Because, like, when you leave for college, you make a plan to change, right? Nobody planned this at all. (laughs) And that's okay.
0: (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) It's okay.
2: It's, we're all just doing our
0: best. We're yeah. all—I mean, we're all doing our best. I think that most of us are, and there are a few people that are not, and they happen yeah, to be at right. the highest levels of government, which are is not doing their best. wild <laughs> 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 that that is that they're not giving it their all in this moment. But you know, also to be expected, I guess. Um, wow, yeah, yeah. So Shantira, uh, you we met when you yeah. came into. Meet, Yes. <laughs> For a job <laughs> yes. on busy tonight. Uh, Casey and I, uh, called you in cause we read your, your packet. I felt like I knew you as soon as you walked in the door and Casey had seen you <laughs> in the lobby and like loved your hat and your Thank whole you. vibe, your style and was like, I love this. Yeah, it
1: was like one of those moments where you debate with yourself, like, should I tell this complete stranger that they look super cool? Or like, should I be less weird and just acknowledge it in my heart and move on? And so that day, for whatever reason, I opted not to bother Shantira and be like, hey, I really like your look. You look super cool. Um, And I think that I even like regretted it a little bit in the elevator up because who doesn't want to hear that they look super cool? But I always want to hear it.
2: Yeah, especially in the lobby at NBC. Give me yes. anything. Um, the odds are I'm going to leave with nothing. So please, <laughs> if you see someone in a waiting room, give them a compliment. I agree with that. I also,
0: like, I'm also, I've learned and I've and I have, I've been doing so well in the last several years when somebody's like, I love your dress. I'm like, thank you so much. Me too. Like, instead yes. of, like, I got it on sale. Like, all that bullshit. Like, we've talked yeah. about this before. But, like... It, I don't know if we have. I feel like we have. No, we have. Yeah, we have, I, right I, right yeah. yeah I always take, say that
2: I give, a, um, especially for women. I always give like a running compliment because we're so trained to. It, yes, it have pockets. Yes, I got it on sale. Oh, this old thing. I'm always like, I love your blazer, and then I like run away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't I take it. I love that. <laughs> it. Really Shintyra, I just, I really. Um, I really loved getting to know you on Busy Tonight. And I loved, I always loved everything that you like brought to the, um, it wasn't even a table. It was more like a very small desk that we all had to sit around. We, we were in tight quarters. It felt a little bit now in retrospect, like a sorority, what I would we, imagine a sorority was because I didn't, I wasn't in one, but like, we call or like it a college
1: sorority firehouse.
0: Yeah, it was like a firehouse. Yeah. It yeah. was. There were two men who worked there.
2: I love them. And they were in a they were in an office together. So <laughs> it was so funny. But like if you want to talk to a man, you have to go to the end of the hallway. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mm. We can't help you. Um I like loved loved the experience after my, you know, almost 20 years in entertainment working with like mostly men, to then going and having like those two guys who were very um so
2: nice nice boys
0: <laughs> nice and i was gonna i'm not trying to like they just are not uh like the most uh stereotypically masculine men and i just found the experience of being around all of the women that uh and people that we worked with um to be so refreshing and it was inspiring so inspiring and so fun um Had you ever been in a writer's room before that? I I had. I had had been in a writer's room
2: before. I had... But it was very small too. It was like uh, I, I had done some award shows, but then I did uh, good old my good old buddy Curtis Jackson, Curtis Fifty Cent in the club. Jackson was my first boss in the industry. Uh, is that 50 50 cent?
0: Fifty cent? 50
2: Cent, Yeah, Curtis. Oh my god, 50 I love cent. that.
0: Like, is that Fifty Cent? It like is. Like all 50. of a sudden, I turn into a like a suburban mom. <laughs> yes, he was it's my 50 first cent. boss.
2: Yes, it was four people in that room, and he was our boss. And um, what was it? What was the it show? It was 50 Central on BET. It was a sketch show. I it lasted for one mm. summer season. And the one thing that was the first time I ever hugged like a like a very famous person, and he smelled so good. And then working on your show, I met other famous people, and I was like, Oh, I smell poor. Like <laughs> if you, I don't smell bad, but like I. I was like, "Wow, you smell like something can that I, I have you? never smelled yeah. before. That I know nowhere to find." How? just yeah. sp- can that, I that smell,
0: Shintira, yeah. I remember very vividly, like when Michelle, uh, w- like was dating Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. You know, we were like scrappy, living in apartment living, and I didn't have yeah. any super fancy friends at that yeah. moment in my life. I was twenty. And I remember we went to, I think it was like Reese Witherspoon's house. And why am I whispering? Because this is going to be on a podcast. I and I remember walking into Reese's house, who I'm like friends with now, and I adore, and she's the greatest. And you know, she's she 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 she. I love all, her. You know, she's flowers everywhere.
2: She played a great, terrible white woman. I was like, give her an Oscar for that TV show.
0: I think didn't did she get an Emmy? Not did she get an no, Emmy? No, she, she didn't. We were oh, really black. Twitter is currently still furious. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I remember going into her house, and it smelled so good. Like, and I was like, what, what, what is that? What is that? Michelle, what is it? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. Go into the bathroom. See if it's in the bathroom. (laughs) And I went into the bathroom and it was like, there were just these like kind of all over the place, but like not in a scary way, like candles that were just burning, but they like seemed really well tended to. Like, can I show you my candles? First of all, what's happening here? I can't uh, even light this. There's not even a a wick.
1: This is just- soot, and grit. That's just <laughs>
0: gross. And like they always, like all of my candles like have like a layer of like film and dust and, and also this doesn't even, I mean, bless. It's fine. It just, it's not the same. I don't it's know where same. fancy people get those smells from. I don't know. I'd never smell anything like Curtis Jackson. And let me tell you something. They also say that about Rihanna. You know who, uh, mm. you know who also smells the best and I've, I feel like I've talked about this. Who? Marlon Wayans. Oh, yes. You said he smells literally delicious. He smells so good that I, when I, I mean, this is like kind of maybe inappropriate. I emailed him one year when Mark and I had just started dating. And I was like, what is it that you put on your body? Because I want to get it for my new boyfriend. I feel like he should smell smell like like you. (laughs) And I got it. And I gave it to Mark. And Mark Did it smell tried the to win. It on him. No, then? no, Dang. and no, it never worked. And then at some point we ran into Marlon. I because you know I had done white chicks before Mark and I started da- dating. And at some point, like recently, or like not recently, but shortly after that, we ran into Marlon. And when he walked away, Mark was like, "Yeah, he smells real good." <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I think it's like a natural scent mixed with whatever. You know, there's like those weird dating sites. I feel like I've read about where people are like, "You're not supposed to bathe for a day." And have you seen? Have you seen those, oh, those wow. like meetups? Yeah, there are like these meetups where people are supposed to come with their after, own mask. Yeah, because like if somebody smells good to you, then it's like that's your fucking person. Oh. Um, however, I think that Marlon is just a person that objectively smells good to everyone. I actually don't think it was like because it doesn't make sense that legit everyone who meets everyone on the set of which like everybody is like, this person smells incredible. Anyway, guys, I'm in the midst of a lot of different things that I'm juggling for the first time, including which, but not limited to, I've been put in charge of the merch for Birdie's new school whose birthday is today. 12 years ago, right now, Right now, 12 years ago, I was trying to push that giant baby out of my vijays.
1: Well, if this turns out half as good.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. That's so cute. Oh, actually, that is weird too, though, cosmically, isn't it? It's kind of strange. Like that on this day. Wow. 12 years ago, I was, I think I was pushing by two. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. We'd have to work backwards. I pushed for three hours. Whoa. <sighs> it was terrible. She was nine pounds, seven ounces, 22 inches long. She was giant. Peanuts. Anyways, <laughs> I know you had giant babies too. <laughs> but okay, but I had a full episiotomy. Do you know what that is, Shantira? Is that where they cut you from the
2: rooter to the tuta? That's, that <laughs> that's, that's, that's what my was, grandma was call That's correct. That's what my grandma
0: would say <laughs> definitely exactly what they did to me. Um, anyway, I uh, I uh, oh, merch is it cool? What was it cool? Is it cool? Merch, you, you like, like it? school spirit wear or whatever? Sure, like t shirts.
2: Well, you have great style, so you can't if your name's on it, it's gotta be fly.
0: Well, here's the thing that's what I felt like, but also, <laughs> but also, there's a lot of things at play, like. She's going into a program That's a public school program um, Like a magnet type Like mm-hmm. a special program Yeah That's all about um, social justice And oh, gender, heck, gender yeah. equity Yeah it's amazing It's so cool and, uh, and so And it's a fairly It is a new program So social and gender Oh god I just had deja vu <gasps> What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> This is all good. I think it's all good. I love that. Now, if only I find a penny, then we know it's really good. Um, you know my theory about finding pennies,
1: right, Casey? I've told you this. I think so. Repeat it for people who aren't me.
2: Shantira, have I ever told you? Maybe, but I want to make sure that it's right.
0: <laughs> I find pennies a lot. Mm-hmm. I travel a lot. I'm a lot. I'm I'm many different places. I do a lot of things. I make lots of choices every day. I make choices about where to go and what to do. Um, obviously, not right now, guys, because you know codes. we'd be in the house, right? But previously on my life, that's the way it was, and I would find pennies. Like I would pull into a parking spot to go into a place and I would choose the spot totally randomly, whatever. And then I would come back out and there would be a penny that I like didn't see before just right next to my car door. I feel like it's like a a video game where you collect coins. I played Super Mario Brothers when I was little on like old school Nintendo. And I feel like in life, cosmically, the pennies that I find along the way are like my Super Mario Brothers telling me that I'm like on the right path. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just what I like. I, I like think everybody it. has their own little sign. I see dragonflies. <gasps> that's it. See, your dragonflies yeah. are your pennies. If I see a
2: dragonfly and I'm like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And like, cause it's like, it's not like a butterfly or like a bird. Like you see those all the time. Like dragonflies are like a little bit more like, oh dang, where'd you come from? And when I see a dragonfly, I feel like I'm on the right path.
0: That's my, that's my penny. Um, well, Casey, do you have one? Is it just Prince
1: songs? Because I've been with you. I've been with you when that's happened. And it's wild. It's true. I'm a huge Prince lover. Um, and yeah, he just the song always a, a song of his always comes on as I'm walking into somewhere. And I feel like it's Ooh. a little like, you got it. You You can you can hang with whoever's here.
0: Yeah, that's a good vibe. But once we were just walking through the lobby of a hotel to get to the valet in the back and it happened and we were like, what is happening? And is there I a better like, place
1: to hear a print song than no, a hotel lobby where there's no. magazines? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, the pressures of, like all this school stuff, online schools, back in sesh soon, next week for uh, kids and uh, here in in Los Angeles, uh, however, not in person, obviously. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of Zooming and things like that. And, um, and just like taking on this whole new thing is wild uh, as a parent. And I don't know, man. I'm, try- I'm just trying to like juggle everything.
2: I think that time isn't real. It's a construct. And now even more so. It is never time has never been less real <laughs> yeah. for me right now. I mean, like I do have appointments and then there isn't many a Zoom. But like if somebody is like, yeah, I didn't do that. You're like, that makes
1: sense because yeah, time's not real right now. <laughs> you, I can be like putting on one sock and then like it's, you know, and then I remember to put on the other sock and it's like 40 minutes later. Yeah, like I got abducted by aliens.
0: But is that ADD though? Isn't that just ADD?
2: I think that's it. It, it, it is an onslaught of uh, from the pandemic because I too will be like, let me put on a shirt, and then I'll be like, and then I'll put on some socks after lunch, like
1: <laughs> just Winnie the Pooh in it for half the day, just like nothing at the same time. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, it, it probably, it probably for some people, it is an attention deficit disorder. I mean, we know that for sure, but probably for some people, we're just at an attention deficit right now because there's so yeah. much to pay attention to. Right. Like hardly half of it, our brains can even, our pea brains can even fathom it. So, you know. And
0: we- I, like in the beginning of COVID had posted this, I don't know where I... Oh, it's my Instagram stories. I did did a bunch of Instagram stories where I was like, oh my gosh, I figured it out. Everybody has new baby brain. It's the same thing that happens when you're Mm. a new mom, which is like all of a sudden a huge chunk of your thoughts, subconscious or, or at the forefront, is taken up by like keeping this tiny, tiny thing alive. And so you just are sort of in this fog because you are tired because you're not sleeping great. But also you're just like... Always, always thinking of what could possibly happen and where, like, where the, where the dangers lie for this infant that you're. You know, you have so to keep I alive.
2: Haven't had a baby, uh, right? And sorry to my mother, will not be having one. Uh, but uh, that is a very interesting, like, because I I don't have anything to compare these feelings to. But truly, waking up, like the idea of like waking up and being like, "How's my baby?" Like for me, I wake up and I'm
0: like. What did America do <laughs> yes it is it is and then and then I think like yes. on I think like George I think when I think George Floyd and then like you know the movement of the last three months I mean I swear to God if you told me that this has that um this has been, I mean, no, but if you told me this has been a year, I'd be like, yeah, Yeah, yes, it has. Time construct. Time doesn't, I know time doesn't, time doesn't work. I think that we're all, yeah, parts of our brains that maybe have never needed to be used or have never been used before are now being activated in trying to like both keep yourself and your loved ones safe. And then also, um, you know, if you're a person with any sort of like empathy or concern for the rest of the world, yeah. like, I think it's incredibly overwhelming. Beyond I mean, that, just
2: you talking about like keeping a baby alive.
0: Like, sometimes I'm like, I
2: have to eat again. Like, <laughs> I have to be like, I really do have to feed myself. And like, it's just me, right? Like, we have a rabbit at our house, and that's, I think she, she was confused. Is we are rabbit have, free. We have a rabbit. I know, uh, but no. is it? Oh no, Does She clean bounce around? She she has her own section. My house has own room. Absolutely not. She cannot walk around my house and chew up every cord that
0: costs $70 from Apple. Absolutely my, not. No, my <laughs> friends have a my friends have a a house bunny. My friends yeah, have a, a house bunny. rabbit. Yes. And she and Shoby, his name is Shobi. It's a boy. Mm-hmm. And he hops around their house and he goes and uses like a litter box or something. And then he... Yeah,
2: our rabbit is... Uh, she's a divorcee. Um, she is a powerful bitch. And, Why is uh, she but a divorcee? She's what divorcee, Okay, so before my partner <laughs> got her, she was living with another family and uh, there was a all... You know those all <laughs> white rabbits with the red eyes? I, they're my least favorite. Yeah, sorry. I don't like them. Um, she was technically like... Bunny married to him, and uh, she beat the shit out of him. (gasps) Oh, no. And she was like, this is not for me. I do not want this man in this cage with me. And any time they tried to put him with her, she beat the shit out of him. And then they were like, most rabbits like a partner. Like, they don't like to be alone. This rabbit was like, um, I am a free woman. Get this man out my cage, and she's been alone ever since. She don't want no. She wow. don't want no man in her. Um, she is a double RSA.
1: I feel like that, <laughs> I feel like Whoopi Goldberg said that exact same thing. Yeah, she, she was like, <laughs> she she did. She, she doesn't want a man in her house anymore. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't either. But you know,
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I there ain't no man in my house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. I can't believe twelve years. Birdie's twelve. We're doing this. Do we want to explain to people anything?
1: Well, I was gonna say um, we kind of have to back up. <laughs> Speaking of being new at things, we kind of have to back up and tell people what the dang podcast is about. Basically, after
0: busy tonight, the late night talk show that I hosted for a little bit of time was canceled. Casey, who who was my showrunner and uh, and partner in that show and I uh, went on to try to figure out what we, what was next. And we had like a whole journey. And we actually were going to do an entire podcast about said journey. And then COVID happened. I was paralyzed. Casey was like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's unfair to you guys because we're being, we're being like weirdly, um, what's the word, guys? I'm, my brain doesn't KG. work anymore because what? KG. KG. Vague? Vague. I feel like we're being cagey or vague about what the thing was that we were doing. But essentially, I'm just going to like kind of try to give you an idea of it. But essentially, after all these years and the experience that we had on Busy Tonight, I felt, and Casey agreed, and we came up with what we thought was maybe a different way to make quality, high quality shows for people that didn't involve a traditional studio or network system, but did involve um, getting a lot of money <laughs> from. <laughs> well, because, but did involve getting a lot of money from, like directly from advertisers. Yeah. To be clear, not a lot of money
1: for ourselves, just money to make the project. <laughs> we're not talking. We weren't talking about millions of dollars. We were talking about enough money to pay people to help us make a fun thing.
0: That's it. We, I mean, to be honest with you, I always tell Birdie, I'm like, you're not getting a thing. So you better figure out how you're going to make money as an adult. No one's, I'm not leaving my kids a penny. Not that I probably will have one at this point. But if I did, I'd find it and I'd say, I'm on the right track. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it wasn't, we were asking, we wanted to basically figure out a way to fund To fund programming independently, but by calling on advertisers to help fund it. And we, but we needed like other partners that were not, that were outside of the entertainment industry. It was just like a whole thing. And in order for us to focus on this and try to put it together, it was a puzzle because it also has kind of never, well, it hasn't really ever been done. It was something that didn't, ex- it doesn't exist or didn't exist or it yeah. sort of has, you know, in some ways it has. And we would take meetings with people. We had a meeting with a guy last fall who was the head of a very big agency and he does like venture capitalism and stuff. And he was like, well, that's just, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. You have to have a studio or a network or something. You have to have a service. Like that's stupid. You can't do that. And I was like, the fact that you're saying that to me makes me feel like, of course we have to do it.
1: And so, yeah. So I remember. Wait, and you want to tell everyone,
0: I told Shantirab, you want to tell everyone when our, like, our like big meeting was in New York?
1: It was like.
0: When it was scheduled for? It was was
1: like March, March 16th, 16th.
0: Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. shut down
1: March 14th. Yeah, it was March yeah. 16th. March mm-hmm. 13th was my son's last day of school before they shut the school system down. So I just think of that as like, we never left the house after that. But um, we were supposed to fly, you and I were supposed to fly to New York to
0: New York, the 15, to have a big meeting. The 15th, and the meeting was the 16th at night.
1: To have a big meeting with big people that could have like made this possible, you know, and then that just didn't happen. But whatever. And poof, it like doesn't exist. Okay, fine. Because guess what? Poof, lots of things don't exist now. So like everyone else in the world, Busy and I have sort of had to like shift our plan. um, And, you know, and (laughs) after like a few weeks of just sitting stunned in our houses and not knowing what was going to happen. A few weeks,
0: a.k.a. several months we don't know. Time doesn't <laughs> yes. exist.
1: Yes. So we just sort of, you know, started to gradually, like, come up with a new idea for the podcast. And it seemed like since we were pivoting with the podcast and pivoting with the the big idea of what we wanted to do Well, together, the big
0: idea pivot started was, was, was the impetus for yes. pivoting the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know that there was, like, I feel like there was, like, some discussion at some point about just doing, like, a straight podcast, you know, where we just talk about... Current events and whatever, which is kind of what we are going to do. Yeah. But it just it just wasn't quite right. I don't know. It just didn't feel quite right. Focusing on asking people about pivots and getting their the times in their lives when they've like struggled and then things have turned or for better or for worse or whatever, what they learned, how they moved forward. For me right now is like a very heartening thing to listen to. And so I think it gets, I do think it gets lost so frequently. I think that people really just focus on the highlights and the successes. And 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 the and those other points are sort of, oh yeah. And then there was, yeah, there were like whatever. It was like 10 years where that where he didn't work, but he yeah. was, you know, he's fine. And then he's now he's a billionaire. You know, whatever. The overnight success is not
2: true. There's nothing that happens overnight. Ever. There's a lot of nights. Yeah. (laughs) Multiple nights (laughs) lead to the success. Well, because
1: success is just a moment. It's not a continuum, really, especially... Ooh, yeah. Say that again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm horny for that. That was good. (laughs) I know it. (laughs) I'm sorry. That is... I had salmon in my mouth, but that is your Oprah (laughs) moment for
1: the day. Please say it again. Please say that again. Success is just a moment. It's not a continuum. You know, so you just have to... it's really hard. It's really hard. You know, it's like the old thing and busy. I know this is true about you, but I think it's true about everyone. You can receive 1000 good reviews or compliments, but the one that you really remember is the one person who says that you look like a T-Rex, right? Yeah.
0: That's the exact thing that the person said about me.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's IMDb. yeah, and I'm sure a million people said that you were beautiful and wonderful and really dug you, but you remember the T-Rex comment.
0: Back in the day, guys, Shinjiro, this is before your time as a professional performer in this industry. IMDB, there wasn't, it was like before, I mean, before social media existed, IMDB had like chat boards on it. And I would like occasionally check mine to just see what people were writing about me because I was a young person. I was in my early 20s and I was new on TV and I was excited about making my dreams come true. And people, it was like my first experience. I was like, oh, people hate me. Oh, oh, these strangers like think I'm terrible. And the one that was sort of weirdly, the one that has stuck with me these 20 years was somebody started a thread, Busy Phillips looks like a T-Rex. And I don't know why. And and then underneath it, it was like, I mean, she looks like a dinosaur to me. And I don't know why, but part of it was like, yeah, I do. I understand. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I get it. I do look like a, a little bit like a dinosaur. And that's a reason to be mean to me on my IMDb? What? Anyway. You have a strong jawline. You should it, never that's...
2: apologize for that.
0: Shantira, my strong jawline is the dinosaur part.
1: <laughs> T-Rexes it is. are hot. Yeah. We're going to make them hot. We're going to make them hot. But anyway, I, I just think that, that, that we remember our successes so infrequently in comparison to bad days and, you know, we should really work harder to sort of flip flop that. Yes.
0: Um, so then, well, you know, so then once we, so once Casey and I started to get like an idea of how we were going to move forward, um, what we wanted to do next, um, in terms of like making a show or something, online content, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I do know, but we'll talk about it at a later show. Um, then I was like, okay, we can think about doing the podcast again, like under the, under the umbrella of like, let's talk about pivots and how in this moment, especially historically, we're all being asked to make them and, and how everyone's asked always in their lives to, to, everyone has a moment where they have a choice. And Shantira and I had been chatting a bit. And I was just like, you know, would you want to be join this podcast? It would be fun to have your millennial take. Also just your take as just her a, takes in general. <laughs> I mean her wild sometimes. I remember just like in the room. Okay, I'm going to give an example of the story that I love, but we can't use the person's name. But anyway, a man was on Busy Tonight and I he was fine. I thought he was fine. Shantira, after the show, I've never seen you. Before or since, you were like like crying blood. You were so angry. I was furious. You were so furious at how he had treated me on the show. And I was like, really? Uh I think it was like fine and you were just like fuck that guy. He was treating you like you were like some little pet. Like you and I was like, "Ooh, was he?" Oh god, I feel like I was huh, I thought I, I was, was very really hot under the collar. You were so hot and just in that moment I was like, I think that's a generational difference. I think that like I was so trained when I got into this industry that like you know anything goes really and and like to me, like he was the like he was such a mild case of that toxic masculine energy that I've had to deal with since I was. 19 years old on sets and he didn't like try to grope me or get my phone number. So I felt like it was a win. And you just like the way he spoke to me was unacceptable to you. And you were like, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't put up with it. You shouldn't have put up. I I was just like, wow, that's a new way to... And I'm, I will kill him. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, I think you had to like, go dead upstairs. anyway. I was like, I'm going upstairs. <laughs> yeah, you had to like leave. You were so angry. And I appreciated it. And I really was like, I'm going to really think about this and why I wasn't as angry. Like why I didn't, why I couldn't process in that moment. That it was really, it was my fucking show. Like he was coming into my home and treating me like that. It was so weird. I was like, that's
2: my busy and you do not talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) We're so
0: (laughs) Well, anyway, so yeah. So we thought like having that perspective is interesting. You know, you are a dynamic performer and comedian and you're really funny and you always make me laugh. So We have fun. We do have fun. We have laughs. We have fun. <laughs> um, so yeah. So we're gonna be talking to some people in the middle. We'll put these interviews in. We're gonna talk to some really amazing people. I'm super excited about the next few weeks of interviews that we have lined up. So who um, are we gonna talk? Who are we gonna talk to today? To start the show, I felt like because I'm so obviously clearly nervous about this. I felt like I should go with someone that I've already interviewed 473 times. And so we asked my very good friend IRL, Ike Baronholtz to chat with us about pivots and his life. And we had a really great talk and there's a lot in there. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Mark and I were just talking, actually, he's like, how many times have you interviewed Ike? I was like, I think
3: every time. Between you and Seth, it's like, it's two close friends of mine who I've just said, they've asked me so many questions. They know I know. The answers to. It's so dumb. I You're our Tony Randall. Oh my, my, that is my dream. That is my dream. That is my dream. You oh. just come
1: running in. You're always there for us.
3: Always there. Uh, Gary Busey's sick. Tony Randall's on the way. He's in traffic, but he's on the way. <laughs>
1: I would love
0: that, actually. I would love it if you were just my only guest ever. I <laughs> oh don't my know. my That would be perfect. Think, he fired
3: Has with a that. show ever done that? Has a show ever had just the same guest every night, aside I from the- co-hosts?
2: Uh, I think that, uh, what's the Scottish dude who used to have a show? Craig Ferguson. I, I feel like Kristen Bell was his only guest. <laughs> So Veronica
3: Mars. Let's talk about Veronica
2: Mars. <laughs> she was on so much. I love her. It was funny, but I was like, every time I watched it, it'd be her, and I'd be like... And then one time she was hosting, I was like, is this her show now?
0: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it should have been. But no. They had to give it to another white guy from they had foreign to give country. Give it to another,
3: another white man of Scottish descent. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, who now is like they're like give
1: Ellen's show to him? I'm like, what is why? What's Craig happening? Craig Ferguson is hosting Ellen. I just <laughs> I need to know is he keeping both shows? I don't think this is really happening, but mm-hmm. in a scenario, no. it, 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 does he, he get he both shows? Both? Yeah, yeah.
0: I, to me, it's the only way it works. It's so insane. It's like let's. You know what? Fuck diversity. I know that we've <laughs> talked a big game in the last month and a half, but let's give the, that guy two champs. Well, to
3: giving, someone, giving someone two shows is diverse in itself. No one else is doing that. This it's is like true. It's a, but, uh,
0: I you
2: know, mean, that that is Steve Harvey erasure. <laughs> <laughs> he, has, he has 20 shows. <laughs> he has... 20 shows on at the same time. He's the only person, he's the only person who gets no not compete. He'll be like ABC, will let me do it. NBC, NBC Wait. You know he's
3: on 20 shows and every one of them there's two two qualities. He is hilarious and he looks absolutely miserable. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> um so Isaac Baronholtz as a Close personal friend, if I do say so myself. Yes, I feel like I've seen some pivots in your life, more than one. A couple, yeah, a couple. I had to. Um. Well, do you want to? What? What? What sticks out to you <sighs> in in thinking about that?
3: I because I thought about it, and to me, it was it actually kind of was pretty clear. Um. So as as we discussed before, I was on Mad TV. You've gotten on multiple flights by proving that. but I had moved to LA and I had met busy and Mark and for a year and a half or so I was, I was really struggling and a bus boy and trying to just get hired. And eventually I got hired to mad TV and it was so exciting. And I was like young and got to, you know, do sketches and stuff. It was really, really, really great. And when you do those shows, you had a five year contract and uh, I had come to the end of it. And at the end of the fourth year, I met this woman who is now my wife.
0: I was there.
3: he was literally there.
0: I was literally there. In,
3: and in Las Vegas. In Las
0: Vegas, guys.
3: Uh, yeah, we're trying to think of a better story I, it's to the, tell our kids. You're
0: out of your mind. It's the We're best. trying to be like,
3: we met at the UN. We were both at the UN and your mom was hey, and no. it's like, I was like No. Hard Rock Casino.
0: Hard, rock, Hard casino rock Casino eating those, like, delicious nachos. Oh, the
3: best. The best chicken nachos.
0: For they me. were so good.
3: Legit, legit. Um, anyway, so I met her, and she was living in New York, and I was on a TV show, and I convinced her. I was like, you got to move out to L.A. i got to go do my show. And she was like, great, let's move to L.A. I, she actually said, I'll do it. And I was like, wonderful. And so my contract was up on Man TV, and I was, <laughs> I remember, like, you know, I was like, well, I was talking to my manager, and I was like, obviously, I'm going to, uh, you know. Let's see what the offer is, what, you know, whatever it is. This is the number I want to come back at. And their offer was nothing. <laughs> they literally were like, no, there's no offer.
0: You're not coming like, back,
3: sir. Not coming back, basically. They were like, thank you for your service. You, you know, we're, I think the show at the time was really lo- running low on money and they, whatever.
0: So I Michael was, McDonald got all of it.
3: They gave it all to Mike. It was a very, not, not a fair structured kind. Con- if you see his house, you understand that. Um, but I, I remember at the time too, it's really funny. Cause I was like, um, my wife, it was for my birthday. Her and my parents had teamed up to get me the trip to the food and wine convention oh in Aspen. Right. So we were in Aspen. My wife and I were staying at like the fucking like four seasons and shit. And it was really um, beautiful. And that night, We had signed up to go to a dinner that Jean George himself was cooking. Like it was insane. It was insane, and very. I I loves food. I loves
0: food. 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 This is his thing.
3: So I got the phone call from my manager like before dinner. He's like, "Yeah, so it's it's not happening." And just right away, you're just like, "I have no money." Like I went from making pretty good living to zero dollars. So I was really like freaked out and kind of pissed off and. I was like, okay, this is cool. This is great. I can just get a job on a TV show. Very easy to get a job <laughs> on a TV show. It's regular. It's very simple. I've seen lots of people do it. I have friends that are doing it. Busy's doing it. Nicole's Fancy. doing it. Everyone's doing it. I can do this great. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get shit. Wouldn't. They would not hire me. And then I realized that, like, I don't know. On Mad TV, we made fun of a lot of other TV shows. And then I would try to audition to be on other shows created by the people <laughs> who created those shows. So maybe that was part of it. The- also, maybe this wasn't good. I have been testing. You know how you test for shows. I, I tested for. Wait, wait, wait,
0: hold on, guys, audience at home. If you're not familiar in the ways of Hollywood, in order. Hollywood to- break. Hollywood break. In explanation break. In order... Cause I didn't know this when I obviously started in this business. In order to get on a television show as a main character, they make you do something called test. It's like a screen test, sort of. And you so you go in and there's usually like one or two other people up for the same part and you do the scenes. It used to be really bizarre. They would make you go in person in front of the executives of the networks and studios. So you'd be sitting in a room like looking at, um, you know... Uh, Who's the guy who got canceled from CBS? I don't even remember these motherfuckers. Yeah. So, like, literally, like, like it would be like all these, like, suits and like 95% men and 100% white. And, uh, and in a boardroom, in a boardroom, acting in a boardroom. Yeah. And then you have to, like, do your weird comedy scene with a casting director normally, occasionally, if the actor was like cast. For like the lead, you would get to read with the actor, but that was very rare. Normally, like I can't remember if this is no, no, no. Courtney read with me at my Cougar Town network test, but I think at the studio, I think I just read with the casting director. Yeah, like, you it's do so, you do
3: two levels. You have to go to studio. First, and then, then if you do well enough in studio, then they'll send you to network. And,
0: and, and that's like the finals.
3: It's the finals and it really is like very stressful because like- It's horrible. It's horrible. You're up there with all these other actors and everyone's like nervous and like like yeah, nervously pacing and like you have some actors who are trying to like, they have headphones and they're not listening. You know what I mean? It's just a very shitty stressful situation. I tested for, oh God, 25 shows. I didn't get one. I didn't get- Anything, uh, exactly anything
0: like anything that made someone like a huge star or anything that like was on the air, you know, like did you lose your Noah Wiley on ER role or you know what I mean?
3: No, I mean it was. I wouldn't say no, not on the, t- not on the test level. There were a couple shows that maybe went on for a year or two. But I auditioned for other shows. Like I auditioned for, um, uh, uh, uh Chris Pratt on Parks and Rec.
0: Oh, you would guys, have been
3: great. Yeah, he was really good though. <laughs> I think he figured it out. He's figured it out. I know he's kind of disappeared. But I wish him well. Um, but I think what I was, he's
0: disappeared.
3: I just haven't seen that guy since, since Parks and Rec. I don't know what he's up to. Um, oh, it's a, a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Anyways, uh, I was kind of at this point where I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna get hired as an actor anymore. Um, and I had originally moved to L.A. with my friend Dave Stassen, another friend of Busy's who we text a lot with. And uh, we had moved out there to write, to be writers and stuff. And I remember talking to him and what was
0: Stassen doing at the time?
3: He moved out to L.A., and then three years in, he moved to Washington, D.C. To That's work right, because
0: I didn't know him. Yeah,
3: because I had met you kind of after he had already left. Yeah, much. yeah. He was working on this classic TV show called Pardon the Interruption. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like two guys yelling at each other. It's a great show. He was working on that, and I was like, well, I don't know, man. I'm not acting a lot, so maybe we should write. He moved back to L.A., and the pivot was I'm just going to be a writer now. No one wants to hire me as an actor, um, which is fine. I love writing. It's like a joy when you're writing something that you love. It is the most fun job you can have. So we were just like, let's be writers. And we wrote a movie and it didn't sell. Wrote another movie, didn't sell. Wrote another movie, sold. And from that point on, we're like, writers, acting's done. Tried it. Didn't work. Full time writer, and that definitely saved my life. The, the, the kind of the capper was after like years of just writing and not acting. Um, I got hired by another friend of busy's, uh, Daniel McBride, to be on right. Eastbound and Down, and that was the How show. How did that, that I- happen? So, you, knew,
0: you knew him or your friends, tw- well, or you no, just no, no, it
3: was crazy. I, I hadn't gotten, I went, out for, I went out for 25, 30 shows, never, never got hired, ever. And I was like, oh, this fucking sucks. But then my, I got a call from my agent that they were like, hey, Eastbound and Down, season three is starting up, and they need, they're, they're, they, your name came up. God bless Allison Jones, casting director, yeah. wonderful human being, like the best, the best person, the best at her job. And she brought me in, and, and, and I remember, I remember, it was for The Catcher, right? First of all, first of all, I fucking lost it because that was like my favorite show at the time. I oh, loved it so much. It was just like Danny just blew me away. I was such a fan. It was the first show that I was getting ready to audition for that I was a huge, insane fan of. Okay. So I will never forget. It was for the part of The Catcher, right? And, and I, who's like his best friend, who's like a twin, Jason Sudeikis ended up playing it. I fucking rehearsed it for so long got in my car and was driving the audition and my agent called and said, Hey, flag, flag. They already made an offer to someone. Forget it. And I was like, uh. I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. I was like, okay, is there anything else? <laughs> is there Any other part? I'll do anything. I even mean, if it's like a line. And they're like, well, there's this part for a Russian pitcher, but it's like, it's Russian. Can you do a Russian accent? I'm like, yep. Amazing. I do the best Russian accent. I can, I can kill it. I, my dad's family who's Ukrainian. I can't do a good Russian accent. So I go home and I'm practicing on it and blah, blah, blah. I'm so nervous. and I'm obviously not going to get it. And I went to the audition a few days later and there were real Russians in there. Like who were like stacked, giant, like jacked Russians. And I went in there (laughs) and I read with Danny and Jody. And I, I just kind of started, you know how those guys like to improvise and they like you to, you know, some people you go and you audition and they're like, stick to the script. And you're yeah. Like, okay, all right. But Danny is like, like wants you to throw shit out, and he just started laughing. And I left there being like, "That one pretty good." And then they called me, and I I was over the moon. I was it was the first time like someone really legitimately like that I loved and I thought was cool liked me. I just want to be liked.
0: Yeah, obviously that's, that's all we all want.
3: Well, uh, the thing is, back to the pivot is. That after we became writers and we sold a movie and we became established in the writing world as writers, I got this fluke job from Eastbound and Down, which Mindy Kaling saw was a huge, she loves Danny, a huge fan of that show, found me on Twitter. And so we became like, whatever, Twitter friends. And then when her show, The Mindy Project, was starting up, my partner and I had this kind of, not argument, but for a long time, he was like, I want to staff on a show. I need to like work and be on a show and stuff. And I was like, if I staff on a show, then I'm for hundred percent not going to be able to act ever. And it was like the perfect situation where we got hired on her show as writers. So it was the writing, it was pivoting to the writing that, and then failing at that for literally many, many years that I think allowed me to get the what I still think is the best job I, I I've ever had. That's I don't
0: wait. You weren't failing as a writer for years. You uh, like well, sold no, for, shit. It just didn't get well.
3: But for about a year and a half, we wrote like movies that like did not sell. Granted, they were not good. We wrote a movie about like three friends who tried, This this is how time stamped the movie was. <laughs> we wrote a movie like a comedy about like three stoners who are broke and they decide to go kill Osama bin Laden. <laughs>
0: It's I don't so know. Bad. That feels like, that feels like in the world of, isn't Can we that make literally it what? Can we make every, it now?
3: Every executive, every, I mean, like the thing is we killed him in the movie and every executive said, what if he gets captured and killed before this movie comes out? And we were like, guys, he's gone. You're never going to see him again. He's gone. <laughs> and then like two <laughs> months later, Obama's like, ladies and gentlemen, we got him." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ike, I have a question for you because I think that you are such a unique talent, and I think that you are and I think that to me, part of the reason why you failed miserably as an actor the first time you yes. tried um is because you oh your my God your own unique talent that you were trying to fit into someone else's bullshit of like terrible yes network television show guys there was friend. definitely
3: during that period during that period there was definitely a, the a type of guy that was on every sitcom and he was super hot, like fucking hot and like jacked and and i qu- quite don't fit that you know what I, mean? I just have a well, look i'm forty three I'm very comfortable i' Interesting face, you know what I mean? Like, I had the big teeth, and this, so it just, I don't look like uh, you know, uh, uh Jeff Stoltz was the guy that I would always see oh, at Jeff auditions, Stultz, yeah, like the hottest guy ever. So, I, I, at that time, that was kind of like now, I think now they're kind of looking more for like, especially for comedy, they just want that were just funny and weird you know what I mean but there was definitely like that was the the type of guy that I would always kind of go up against with and never uh, never get uh, although I do remember at one time I auditioned to play uh, Bob Saget's best friend on a sitcom and I'll never forget uh, the three people who were testing were me um, uh, Mark Curry I don't know if you guys know Mark Curry hanging with Mr. Cooper yes. Mark Curry right? sure
1: yes
3: and Jerry Burns amazing actor Jerry Jerry Burns is from Dear John but he was on Breaking Bad oh
1: I love him he's amazing and yeah he's fantastic so the three of
3: us are auditioning to play Bob Saget's best friend so it's like me like a 64 year old white man and like a six foot eight 45 old black man and I remember Jerry Burns comes in and looks at me and Mark and goes are we all here for uh, uh Saget's friend and I go, yeah, He goes, well, at least they know what type they're looking for. <laughs> it could have been like so different. But anyways, that, that, I, 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 to, to what you were saying, Biz, I think, yeah, I think at that time I was trying to fit into my kind of weird round head into a square peg and it just wasn't, it just wasn't working.
0: But I just wonder if in ma- in like letting go of the idea that you were going to work in that space, it gave you like, the freedom of being like, fuck it. And so you were just yourself moving forward on any audition.
3: hundred percent, hundred percent. I really like got to a certain point where I was trying to like, just like you said, I was trying to make those like moves, but not really still trying to do it my way. And that didn't work. And then at a certain point I was just like, I'm just going to be myself. If you want to hire me, great. <laughs> I'm sure there's other people, but I, I think everything I do is like a version of, of, Of me in some weird way. I'm just not one of those actors who can kind of chameleon and, you know. uh,
0: You're not a Michelle Williams, and you know what?
3: I'm not a Michelle Williams. I'm I'm not a a Michelle Williams. I want to be a Michelle Williams.
2: We love like speaking for the black community. We have two Michelle Williams in this world, and we love
3: (laughs) fuck with both of them. We love
2: the best at what they do. (laughs) We both. We fuck with both Michelle Williams. And it's real hard to find you a black and a white of the same name that everybody on black Twitter fucks with. We love singing Michelle Williams and we love acting Michelle Williams. No lie. Oh.
1: Cap for both. Love them both I'm equally right for you. different reasons. I'm right there oh. with you. <laughs> um, I, can I ask you a question about when you were, um, you know, making that pivot from acting to writing? Did you almost ever quit...
3: There was, um, there was definitely like a moment where I kind of thought, I just thought maybe this won't work. Maybe this won't work. Um, I, I, I try not to get there too much just because at that point I've been doing it for so long. i had have been in show business for years that like the thought of really kind of giving up. But like, I'm sure there was a couple moments where I'm like, hey, if this, if this doesn't work, then I'm fucking done.
0: I have like, maybe this is too personal. <laughs> well, you should tell it and cut it. Cut it I, okay. Yeah. I remember very clearly. So you'd gotten married to Erica. I think this was just after you guys had been married. And you were like teary about work.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And you were just like, "I." she just, I got to, I got to do
3: and on, it'd, be so funny. it'd be
0: so funny You're if it like, was at my wedding, by the way. <laughs> at my no.
3: wedding, I'm like, I need
2: more auditions. Just no, no, no. Exercise.
0: You just were like, it was, the gist of it was essentially, we were probably, I was probably drunk. The gist of it was essentially so, yeah. like, I, like, I have to do right by yes. my wife. And like, yes. and I think you said, I just don't want her to feel like she bet on the wrong horse. <laughs> Oh my God! It's so sad. It's so and, sad. And like, and like, you were just like, I just, I just, it's not, I, it's not even that I need to be famous. Like, it's not. I just, I need to work. Like, I need just to have work. health insurance. I need to like, I can't, I yeah. can't. I. She moved here. She yeah. had a job and moved here for me. And like, I need to do this. Like, I gotta do this. Yeah. And I just remember being like so. Ugh. You're gonna, you're gonna do it, buddy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> You'll be fine. Don't worry; it works out for everyone. I do think it's important for people listening just to know that there are those moments in even like. People who you look at, and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy was on Mad TV. And then he was, and then he, like, you know, was with Amy Poehler in that movie. And he wrote, you know, and he writes these movies on the Mindy Project. That guy, like, he was great. He's, like, been working all the time. Like, there were real moments where you were unsure if moving forward in this business was going to work for you because. For sure. And you somehow found was it helpful to work with Stassen? Do you feel like partnering with Sta- partnering back up with him helped like keep you both going? I
3: do. I think when you have, if you're fortunate enough to find someone who, um, above all, you agree on taste together, you have the same taste. If you have that person and that you're willing to work with each other, then you just know that you guys. You might argue about this or that, but at the end of the day if you made a movie that was good, they would understand it was good and vice versa. Um, if you can have that, that person just kind of pushes you. You know what I mean? It just kind of has a natural kind of like... Because there's, day, there's many days where I... Did not want to do anything except for like watch like old World War II in color videos. And what are, just you, my my what are you my dad? What are you doing? I know, I know. I know. I the just,
0: weirdest.
3: So weird. I would just turn the History Channel and just sit in my bathrobe and like drink coffee and smoke and watch. Like, goddamn, Rommel was a genius. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like so dumb. But 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 to have that person who you're kind of like, hey, you know, we're working today. Come on, let's go. It, it's it's good. It's if you can find that hold on to it and, and, and use it. Hold on, Dave, I'm going to hold on to
0: you. <laughs> you guys are great together. And I think that, like, that that bit always gets sort of glazed over when the end result ends up being, like, a lot of success. You got, you know, you wrote and directed your own movie last year. You're still, you know, you're selling stuff all the time. Like, I... You're asked you're offered things as an actor all the time now. And I think that it's leaning into your weirdness and who you kind of really are is the thing that ultimately helps people find success.
3: I think that's the most important thing. There's one takeaway. It's like do what feels good to you. Do what right if you're writing something, what feels funny to you. Anytime we've ever tried to write to what we think the town would like or this one person would like, or if you're acting and you're gonna do this one thing because you saw another actor do it and it worked for him or her. Uh, you probably won't end up working out, and if it does, you'll you'll feel uh, it's not as uh, deep as if it's something that's just you being you. Like that's we're living in a good age now where that people like viva la difference. You know what I mean? People want to see fucking different people, and they want to see weirdos, and they want to see they want to see something other than we've been seeing for the last hundred years. So I I think it's a very good time to embrace. Guys, it's a good time to embrace who you are. I always say this.
0: (laughs) It is the thing you say the most. It is. Love your curves.
3: You guys know my tattoo, right?
0: (laughs) 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 Um, Well, you are truly my favorite. What a
3: a
1: joy. What (laughs) What a joy.
0: What a delight. This is my 47th interview with Ike Barinholt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Tony Randall of busy (laughs)
3: Phillips. I am honored to be your Tony Randall.
0: All right, Ike, tell your family I love them. Back at you. Love you guys. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, guys.
3: Bye.
0: Bye. Okay, guys. Listen, that was a delightful chat with Ike Bernholtz. I love him. I'm so glad he was the first guest today. Nope. Hopefully we'll have more episodes. That- <laughs> Casey, sometimes I'm like looking and you're just like looking at me like, Mm-hmm. Is she gonna? I'm do trying it?
1: to tell you with my mind what to say.
0: Don't why. Don't tell me with your mind what to say. You can just jump in and say your own fucking shit. That's why you're here. You're actually not producing from behind a camera. You're actually a part of it. So you could just jump right the fuck in. Um, but that is the look that you would give me on busy tonight when you when things would be going awry and you'd just be like, uh, "You got it." Anyway, anyway, I love Ike. I. Love the success that he's had in his career and his family is incredible and, um, wonderful. And I'm so glad that we're such good friends and he always just is such a delight. And I'm so glad and grateful to him for being our, our inaugural guest. Thank you, Ike. Thanks, So guys, uh, we're going to let you guys get on with your lives. This has probably been too long anyway. Um... (laughs) I want to say that in the future if you want to talk about a pivot that you're currently taking maybe be due to covid or or maybe you've or
1: that you're considering or a
0: pivot that you're considering um maybe due to covid or uh you know becoming Aware and motivated uh, for social justice issues, for Black Lives Matter, for voting, for the candidates, whatever. If you're in a your situation
1: life. that you just want to change for, for no other reason. Yeah. And yeah. you want
0: to pivot and you're nervous about it or you want to talk about it or whatever. We do have an email. It's best at gmail.com. And you can write in and in this last little bit after we talk to our guests and we like sort of wrap up everything, um, we will, maybe we're going to go through some of those things Um, and we will, I don't know if we'll end up talking to you. Maybe we will call. I don't know.
1: Maybe we'll just try to give you some advice, even though we don't know what we're talking about and it's, you know, our guess is as good as yours.
0: Yeah, we're just going to do our best. (laughs) Listen, I have to be, I have to be honest about that. I think we do know what we're talking about. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I honestly think we have good
0: advice and uh it's yeah. just like
2: uh, uh when you watch the those commercials for um like weird medicines because in America you can do that. It's like we'll give you the advice
0: and uh you can take it as you see fit. Great. <laughs> but we've lived a long we've lived we've lived lots of years the three of us, but also we've seen lots of things. And we have friends that do all kinds of things. And I personally have seen lots of pivots. And um, anyway, if you want some help, uh, advice, if you want to share, that line is open. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you about that. Oh, also, you know what I'd love to hear? If you like had the million dollar idea that you didn't act on and somebody else did and made a billion dollars and was like on Oprah, I want to hear about it. I'm Absolutely. like fascinated by those stories of like-, like- yeah, Th- that, kid who, uh, that the- kid
2: who that uh, kid who invented the um, the thing where you uh, hang bacon and then you uh, put it in the microwave and cook it. I yeah. definitely thought about that before she made it to Oprah. Definitely, I mean, that was definitely
0: on my mind. <laughs> it could have been you, Shantira. Speaking of which, I never had any good product ideas. <laughs> that's not my. That's not where I. I don't think so. Mm-mm, I don't think so.
1: So yeah, we want to hear from you. And also, we have a second episode on Wednesday. Oh, right. This is important information.
0: So we launched the podcast today. This is Monday, August... 17th. 17th. It's Monday, August 17th. Who cares? Time. Am I right? (laughs) But uh, we're really going to... Our podcast date that it comes out... No. Release... Day of the week. Our release day of the week. Our podcast's release day of the week is going to be Wednesdays. So we thought, instead of you having to wait a whole week and a half, we'll just do another show that'll be available this Wednesday, the 19th. That's going to be great. And it's going to have somebody amazing on it. And then we'll go regular schedule in a week the following Wednesday. Hump day Wednesday. To hump day. Hump day to hump day, guys. Also, you know what I think comes out on... On Wednesday, the nineteenth, what? The my the Sarah Beth Tomberlin, the singer yes. who lives in my house, her new EP and the video that I directed, that Mark and I shot on our iPhones, uh, and he edited on his computer, also is released on the nineteenth. You know I love a white girl with a guitar and making me cry. That's my go-to we shot in the hurricane it was shot I say shot we were literally holding our phones
2: if there's rain in it I'm 100% gonna cry
0: oh (laughs) there is rain in it
2: sad white women in the rain with a guitar
0: you got me that's it (laughs) nothing sadder (laughs) so so there's a lot to look forward to this week also this week guys I'm maybe gonna finally get my toe fungus lasered off
1: wow wow
0: I'll, that that feet, pivot, <laughs> that pivot in my life has been brutal because you lost toenail right you lost a toenail the first thing that happened was just a to- straight up toenail injury yeah which was due to not not cutting my toenail short enough and working out as much as I do every day
1: i'm and- legit going to black out
0: <laughs> oh right oh wait casey, casey just to- blo- wait casey casey just i'm sorry casey mute just mute it just mute it Wait. I'm serious. I'm actually serious. Just take. Just stop. You don't need to listen to this. Oh, I didn't know she couldn't listen to feet. I didn't, I, I didn't either. I feel I like that's she, a little. I far. I'm not really even not, gonna lie, <laughs> Casey. It feels a little made up. I thought like you it's couldn't like see feet. I didn't know you couldn't. I wasn't gonna feet. show you. I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Casey, know. Anyway, I'm not buying things? it. I'm not buying it. But anyway, so let me continue my journey because I think it's something that a lot of people and as as you know, I am. I'm all about destigmatizing things that that people don't want to. Talk about, I feel like toenail fungus is one of them. So anyway, I had bruised my toenail so badly that it fell off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Most of it fell off. And then I guess what happens, which I didn't know until the podiatrist told me, is that when that happens, your toenail is very susceptible to fungus. So you should be really careful. Like what if you go to nail salons and like, what tools people are using on you and yeah. stuff. And so I guess I like contracted a some toe sort fungus. of toe, like toenail fungus. Whoa. And so then it's just been the last like bit of time. And then I thought maybe over quarantine, I could really like heal it with using homeopathic things and like spraying it with Lysol. Um, I don't no, think, It wasn't. Wait, it wasn't Lysol. Wait, it wasn't I don't Lysol. Think that it was, was good. Oh, it was Listerine. No, it was Listerine. you I like the, like both dipping Both of it those in Listerine. Are bad,
1: right? Okay, it didn't work, <laughs> this guys. It like didn't work. The president's press conference. On <laughs> it, didn't, <laughs> it didn't
0: work. I was taking a page um, from Trump. No, it didn't. Like, the homeopathic like like tea tree oil and all that stuff. Like I did it all guys. I read all the things. Don't just don't send that stuff to me. Cause I don't, I don't want your, like this worked for me. It didn't work for me. I did it all. And, um, and so then now I have this appointment. So like maybe get a, I'm going to try the laser, which worked for Erica, who did wardrobe on busy Tonight. <laughs> you just it's outed just, her. You just I don't her. care. Listen, you guys, everybody's like this is a thing millions of people deal with.
1: <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. It, that item that you're talking about, the thing, your affliction, is maybe it's like a small trade-off for never smelling because you never smell.
0: I don't have a natural odor, <laughs> but I did contract toe fungus when my toenail fell off last year. Um it's a it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But it also speaks to, guys, be careful where you put your feet. <laughs> be careful what tubs you put them in. Be careful who's touching them. Be careful where they go. Be careful where you put that big toe.
1: I feel like that's a great note. That's like just mm-hmm. a great note for everybody to go about your yeah. week. Yeah.
0: I love you guys. I love you so much. I love you. I can't even tell you how much I love you. Um, I really do. I'm sending you love. Is that weird? No, it's necessary.
2: It's necessary.
0: I really want, I just really want everybody to have one fucking moment today where you just feel like, okay. (laughs) Just okay. And know that somebody out there is sending you love and good vibes because Shantira and Casey and I are doing that to you right now. And we'll see you on. Nope, we're not going to see you. This is a podcast. We're going to talk to you on. <laughs> see, already doing our just, best. Just doing my best, guys. Uh, okay, I'm Busy Phillips. It's Casey St. Ange and Shantira Jackson. And um, this is Busy Phillips is doing her best. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh, no.